This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I am one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Tom, I've got to be honest, uh, I'm a little disappointed. In what? I feel like my dreams have been dashed. Well, that happened a long time ago. No, I mean, yeah, but then I thought I could get my mojo back. Uh Uh-huh. And become uh, a a Major League Baseball designated hitter. Tim, I've told um, you that, that those days have passed. Tom, you never listen to me. I think I could be a good knuckleball pitcher. (laughs) You have mentioned that, yeah. If I could get strong enough, right? Just get the arm strength. I think I could. I could pitch well into my fifties and sixties. Well, if you were only looking to, you know, get the arm strength up to be a pitcher, you'd only have to work on one arm. So presumably, you could do it in half the time. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. (laughs) Um, I also wanted to. Uh, you know, to, to get things moving for me by introducing my signature sandwich, the Timbo, <laughs> um, and really have it widely adopted. And I will say, at first, mm-hmm. I was heartened by the response. I was getting a lot of pictures of people who who made the the Timbo. Uh, have um, the have the death threats started coming in? Have you what, been what? doxed over the Timbo yet? Is over that... the Timbo, yeah. No, I think it's it's brought joy and delight to the people who who went out there and made it. Mm-hmm. However, it seems like the chatter has really died down. So I'm bringing <laughs> it up again here because uh-huh. I feel like we don't do a lot of follow ups on this show. No, um, and I just wanted to follow up. Hey, the Timbo is still a really um, innovative, <laughs> exciting sandwich. That's not for you to say. It's for well, others to say. I know, and I want people to try it out. So here's here's here. It's potato bread. Mm-hmm. And now, now that's oh, just uh, potatoes that you smash into bread shape. No, they sell it at the store. It's potato bread. It's, it's uh, in the veg with the rest of the vegetables. It's bread mashed up with potatoes. Okay, well, that make, sounds uh, pretty add good. Add some water and make a little slurry out of it, and then they put that in the oven. I think. Hmm. Then it's uh, American cheese. Mm-hmm. Caramelized onions, pickled jalapenos, uh, uh, some uh, shredded uh, Mexican cheese. I use a Mexican blend. Mm-hmm. Um, and now originally on the outside, and it's grilled up on a griddle. Right. Originally, I was using uh, mayo. I think I think butter. I think you want to use butter now. Okay. And look, I'm, it's constantly being iterated. <laughs> Somebody reached out and said, hey, how about... Um, Instead of caramelized onions, pickled onions. Right, and, and listen, you screamed at them. I love pickled onions, Tom. Ugh. But pickled onions and pickled jalapenos, what is this, a freaking pickle sandwich? What is this, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the pickle town? Yeah. Do, you, do you think uh, Timbo's the mayor of pickle town? Well, at least not. So, uh, sorry, I tried it. It doesn't work. You don't like pickled onions, Tom? I don't know if I've ever had them. I like pickles a lot. I don't like... I, and I, I like pickled uh, jalapenos, but I don't like anything else that's pickled, I think. Tom, pickle up some onions. I think you'd like them. Red onions. Oh, they I've had pink. pickled onions. Yeah, I'm not yeah. really into them. Why not, though? I don't know. I just don't like it. 
Everybody's such a baby. Nobody <laughs> likes to try new things. I've tried them, and I'm telling Here, you, I I'm, don't I'm, like I'm them. I'm putting together a, a landmark sandwich. You know, like maybe 10 people made it and tried it. I'm giving it to the world. I mean, what, 650,000 people a day listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. and 10 of them make the sandwich? Yeah. That's and then you get mad. You get mad at everybody else who doesn't, and you expect them to just blindly follow you, no matter what you tell them to eat. I understand, or if there's some sort of religious restriction that prevents you Mm -hmm. from eating the Timbo sandwich, that's Mm -hmm. fine. I I will respect that. (laughs) But everybody else, what's your goddamn excuse? There's a pandemic. You got to make all your own food anyway. These are all readily available ingredients. What are you doing? You think my re- dream. You think religions out there have already uh, uh, put the Timbo sandwich on their list of uh, things you can't eat? Maybe. I mean, it's a very. It, it can be controversial because it is so extreme and so cool. Because um, mm-hmm. all the people that have tried it and liked it have been like cool young hip kids. Uh huh. Um, right. So that that scares that scares like pastors and stuff. Uh huh. Like oh we 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 don't we we want to. Uh, rest the influence back from the Justin Beavers of the world. And that's the group you put yourself in with the, with the Justin Beavers of the world. Yeah. Well, I mean myself. Yeah. And, and other, other enthusiasts of the Timbo sandwich. Uh, Why won't, why won't you try the sandwich? Um, laziness. I can't eat bread during the day anymore. If I so do, I go to night. sleep. Well, at night, Tim, I'm usually having a five-star meal. Mm. Professionally prepared by my in-house chef. So Your girlfriend usually makes dinner is what you're saying. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell her, hey, this you got to make this, uh, you know, uh, uh, lowbrow sandwich. This innovative, exciting, paradigm-shifting sandwich? Yeah, I mean, look, Tim, it's basically a grilled cheese sandwich, and you you claim to have invented it. What time? <laughs> All right, the- if we're going to, if we're really going to kind of mince words, not mince words here, Tim. I- I'm not saying it's not a grilled cheese sandwich. You're, you're expecting saying- an awful lot of, you're like, you're basically saying... Look, I told everybody to make a grilled cheese sandwich, and I'm not being praised enough for it. It's not that I'm not being praised. I'm open to criticism. I mean, people reached out. All right. Well, here's my criticism, Tim. It's a grilled cheese sandwich, and you're acting like you invented the wheel. Well, first of all, what's wrong with with a grilled cheese sandwich? What's wrong with the wheel? Nothing, Nothing. But it's already out there. You can't invent it again. You can't reinvent the wheel. That's uh, uh, Winston Churchill said that. Yeah, he advised very strongly against it. Tom, another follow up. Are you still taking a nap every day during the day? <laughs> I'm trying not to, and that's why I'm not eating bread. What do you What do you eat for lunch? Uh, well, nowadays, Tim, I'm eating a new thing that I I don't want to mention the name of it because I don't want to give them free advertising. Is it the Timbo sandwich? Is that the Timbo say. sandwich? It's like a like a shake, like a shake that I make with powder, like a a Nutrisystem. Yeah, that it's not that, but it's something. Yeah, it's similar to something like that. Is this something you learned about on the Joe Rogan podcast? Tom? No, Tim. It's something that I got a Reddit ad about. Hmm. Uh, so you, 
What? You buy a powder that yeah, you make I into buy a, a shake? powder. Uh huh. And I make it into a hmm. shake, and then I have that for lunch. And uh, it's pretty good because this isn't like a this particular. Yeah, you know, there's a million of these things out there. This one isn't like uh, about weight loss. It's about like uh, just being like a nutritionally complete meal. Is so it Soylent? No, it's not Soylent either. Um, so it's just got like a lot of, uh, you know, nutrients and stuff in it and it tastes pretty good and I don't have to, uh, take a nap after I eat it. So no more three hour nap every single day of your life. So the no. end of an era. Think, think about how much more I'll get done now. Are you, do you find yourself being more productive? Um, yeah, a little bit. Cause also because I can have this in the morning as well. And I do that sometimes. Wait, you have the you have a shake for breakfast and lunch. Yeah, and then a sensible dinner. Wow, you freaking Tommy Lasorda over here! <laughs> How dare you? Um, yeah, no, and it's nice because then I don't feel like full, but I don't feel hungry, and but I have some energy. That's mm. all. It's a normal thing to do. It's fine. I don't think it's a normal thing. What do you do. have for lunch every day? You have a Timbo sandwich every day, hoping it's going to oh, catch yeah. on. Hoping your wife's going to say, "What is that? Not a grilled cheese you're making?" Um, she, uh, she hasn't had the Timbo sandwich yet. <laughs> Why it, not? It, the, the is that her choice or out. yours? The, the timing hasn't worked out. It's, it's her, her choice face. or your, her? Oh, why, why would it be my choice? So you've been? I don't know. You, I forbid you to eat. Yeah, this sandwich. that sounds like something you would say to your wife. Does it? It doesn't sound yeah. like something I would say to my wife. Mm-hmm. I hate you so much, Tom. I hate doing this shit. I mean, from what I remember before the pandemic, you're always slapping food out of your wife's hand. Uh, Tom, don't say things like that. (laughs) Tom, this must have been a very exciting week for you. Why is Um, that? Seeing as video games were in the news. Video games are always in the news, Tim. The news that you read in your... I I drink shakes for every meal and spend all my time <laughs> watching Joe Rogan videos on I YouTube. I don't spend all my time. Although I will say, uh, uh, the other day, like I posted a like a just a, a, a thing on Instagram stories of uh, th- there was some like recommended YouTube video that was like uh, talking about how Brexit was going to make fish and chips more expensive, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like a joke about that. And uh, I realized... I did you to, have a joke about it, or did you just post the picture? I posted the picture, and I said something like, uh, is this the last straw? You know, yeah. the, the idea that finally uh, enough people in England would be like, Oi, me fish and chips is costing more. Right. I yeah, won't, you don't like those people. I won't put up with it anymore. I won't. I won't. Um. But I had to crop the photo because I realized uh, there was a, a Joe Rogan uh, episode <laughs> recommended underneath that. Well, because uh, I had been watching, I had watched a video of like all these like UFC knockouts, <laughs> so I brought it on myself. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I, I have known you for a very long time, Tom, and we've been. We were roommates for what mm-hmm. ten years, probably not, not years. that long, but but a like while, six or seven years. Yeah, like three different apartments, four, yeah. three, 
and I have no idea what your day is like. Or <laughs> Good. It's yeah. I'd like to keep it that way. You've really become a straight up maniac. I wake up three um, thirty in the morning. <laughs> have a shake. Go back to bed. <laughs> I call it a sleep shake. Uh, Tom, you know, uh, speaking of Instagram, uh, have you ever gone through a thing where whenever you get an ad on Instagram, you report it for either being sexually explicit or spam or something? No, no. You should do that. They start serving you some really weird ads. I already get plenty of weird ads, believe me. Yeah, just report every ad. Uh, Listen, uh, to Mm -hmm. to the listener, just report every single ad you see on Instagram. Uh, It turns everything crazy. (laughs) Well, why? Does it think you're like a real prude? (laughs) I was just mocking you for the way you live your life. (laughs) (laughs) Elevated grilled cheese sandwiches and reporting every Instagram ad I see. Tom, I don't know how you live your life. (laughs) But what all I talked about was like trying to eat healthier and posting a joke online. <laughs> no, I, I watching spend, UFC knockout. I videos. spend three hours a day reporting all the ads I see. It's not three hours a day. It takes two seconds. Um. Anyway, yeah. GameStop was in the news, and you love video games. I do love video games, but uh, uh, I don't love GameStop. I'll tell you that much. Ooh. Have you? Uh, are you trying to drive down the stock price because you've shorted it? <laughs> yep, I, I'm one of uh, the the hedge fund managers that shorted GameStop, and uh, it's a very influential podcast. So if I say I'm not a fan of, that's all I have to say. And yeah. the uh, good luck uh, SEC trying to convict me based on that. Yeah, be a sell off frenzy. Um. We were going to do this episode about like day trading or something. This is a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Um but uh we I, I, I don't I don't know anything about that stuff. No, I was trying to look up like uh you know interesting facts about stocks and stuff and there is there're no interesting facts about about stocks. All the interesting facts are like, "Oh, did you know this is the most expensive stock?" Did you know yeah. one time somebody bought this much of this stock? It, it just nothing interesting at all. The only thing I have a few things that I found interesting. One <laughs> Tom on stocks, baby. One I read an article a couple of weeks ago about how um in Lo- in the London Financial District they busted like a huge weed growing operation. That was going mm-hmm. on because nobody's in the financial district during lockdown. Ah. And apparently if you walked around the financial district, you would be like, smells like weed around here. And that was because there was just like a gigantic building being used to grow uh, cannabis plants. And the normal smells of the stockbrokers weren't there to No, it was just mask. They the wouldn't have weeks. done it there normally because there's too yeah. many people. But since it was a ghost town, somebody got the bright idea yeah. to grow a bunch of weed there. Um then I was looking up things about Warren Buffett, the 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 Oracle of Omaha. Cheeseburger in paradise. Now, you're thinking of his brother, Jimmy Buffett. This is Warren. I'm sorry, his son, Jimmy Buffett. This is Warren Buffett. Man, if Warren Buffett had a son that wound up like Jimmy Buffett, he'd be so disappointed. 
Eh, no, Jimmy Buffett isn't. You know what? I'm sick of people thinking that Jimmy Buffett is some like laid back. Oh no cool, way! Jimmy Buffett's uh, uh, capitalist businessman. He's, yeah. he's you know he's got restaurants. He's got beer. Um, he like he's got all these parrot heads fooled though. They all think he's cool. And oh chill. yeah, yeah. Well, he realized he got in early on the like fleecing boomers game, mm-hmm. uh, and realized like, oh, I can just pitch myself as uh you know yeah just like a cool not anti-capitalist but like a hey man forget all your worries and come on down to paradise and it only costs you 150 dollars to do that the thing that bothers me is that boomers are getting fleeced but by other boomers so all that is just staying in the boomer community yeah we need to figure out a way for younger generations to fleece the boomers and i think that's coming I well think, like, reverse I, mortgages and so, stuff, but. so far uh the only one that's done it he's done a very good job is mark zuckerberg <laughs> oh yeah that's true <laughs> and he just took it all for himself and he said not only not only am i gonna fleece them i'm gonna make them all crazy yeah, my only idea to fleece boomers was like in 2006 or 2007 when I was like, I'll start a business that will put uh, all the all, all CDs on somebody's iPod because oh, yeah, they can't yeah. figure it out themselves. Mm-hmm. Then I decided that was too much work. I, I can't work <laughs> an honest day. Um, Warren Buffett, th- here's my problem with guys like Warren Buffett. Uh, Warren Buffett, and uh, freaking Bill Gates. These guys are f- like famous for being philanthropists now. Warren Buffett is still the fourth richest man in the world, and he's 90 years old. Hey, buddy, you were going to give away all your money before you died? <laughs> How long are you expecting to live? Did, well, is he planning on doing it before he dies? He said before or and upon his death. Yeah. But then he also said... son Jimmy Buffett must be pissed about that. He said, to date, about 20% of my shares have been distributed. But then in parentheses, including shares given by my late wife, Susan Buffett. Well, it's like, well, no, that doesn't count. Those are hers. Right. Uh, But anyway, that just made me mad. Same thing with like Bill Gates, famous for being a philanthropist right now. He's richer than he's ever been. That's... I mean, I think that is the... The argument that needs to be made when people are like, the system's not right. Yeah. Because that guy, Bill Gates retired 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And, and has been, been full giving time away money, giving away his money. Giving away money as fast as he can. And he's still richer than he's ever been. And in the 90s, it was un- he was unfathomably rich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like by far the richest guy in the world. Like, is that a system where it's like, okay, and then you stop working and you give it all away, but somehow you just get more and more for not for not working? Well, I think, honestly, the problem is, and, you know, uh, this guy's a real uh, uh, jerk, uh, but Elon Musk recently tweeted about, like, uh, how it's hard, you know, he's currently, I think, the richest man in the world. It's between him and Bezos. Um mm-hmm. But he tweeted about how, uh, like, uh, looking for good causes because it's hard to, like, giving away the money is harder than you would expect. And, like, that does kind of make sense to an extent where it's like, oh, if you want to give away, like, $50 billion, you 
you would have to like start an organization and then it's like, well, now I'm paying all these administrative fees. Like there's not a way to just be like, I want to send everyone in America a $10,000 check. Why can't he? I don't know. I guess he probably could. Maybe he should. Maybe he should think Why about doing won't that. won't he? I guess it's the question. Yeah. But also like reading about like, you know, this Warren Buffett, like the, the giving pledge. It's like, uh, you know, uh, and Warren Buffett does speak out about this to give him credit. Uh, you know, the giving pledge is like to give away half your wealth during your lifetime or upon your death. It's like, well, how about taxes? How about <laughs> taxes take that 50%? Then you wouldn't have so much to give away and we'd be able to, you know, uh, uh, do. And look, the government fighter jets. Well, that's the problem. The government's not very good at handling, you know, uh distribution of funds either yeah but they say that's because there's no money we right give them uh half of all these guys money right then let's see let's uh well let's, then uh, they they just build like double decker fighter jets and <laughs> crazier things then they'd start they'd be like finally we have enough money to start the skynet project you don't think they've started that already they dumb. do but they just don't have enough money to build the exoskeletons yet but if Warren Buffett started giving them more money, they'd be like, great, we'll put Warren, we're going to put this money right into exoskeletons. Uh, your nation thanks you. You know, I was reading Alex Trebek's book, and mm-hmm. at least he was like upfront about this. Um, he he like started a foundation because yeah. he was a rich guy. Mm-hmm. And the way he wrote about it is like, uh, like his accountant was always like, uh, you should start a charitable foundation. And like like that, he's like, ah, I'll just donate my money or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, well, there's a lot of money. How mm-hmm. about, and you can do this if you're a rich guy. They're like, you start a foundation. Do you Are you sick of giving your money to the government and they decide how to spend it? <laughs> yeah. Like for the same price, you can start your own charitable organization and you get to dictate that. And it's just like, yeah, but that's not how it should work. <laughs> <laughs> right. There needs to be somebody figuring all this out, not just like, hmm, I like pandas. Okay, yeah. so we we I can set this up so I don't have to pay money to the government anymore, and I can just give all my money to pandas, and that's allowed. <laughs> right. Instead of like fixing the pipes in my city so people don't get yeah. lead poisoning, I want, yeah, pandas to be saved. Uh, but I will also say in Warren Buffett's defense, and then we'll move off Warren Buffett. Uh, in an interview, he claimed that uh, he himself is one quarter Coca-Cola and that if he eats 27. So are you, Tom. If he eats 27. 20- on account of all the Coca-Cola that you drink. He said, if I eat 2,700 calories a day, which is a lot for like an old man, I uh, he always struck me as like not very tall or anything either. Anyway, uh, you would know a quarter, a quarter of that is Coca-Cola. I drink at least five 12 ounce servings. I do it every day. And then for breakfast, he often frequents McDonald's for a bacon, egg and cheese biscuit. If the market is up or an austere two sausage patties, if the market is down on most days, Buffett will visit his beloved dairy queen for an ice cream dessert. Yeah, and people talk about, like, oh, he's so humble. It sounds like he's living a pretty great life. Yeah, that's pretty humble, though. Well, uh, easy for you to say, Tim. I guess if you're a billionaire and you can go to McDonald's and Dairy Queen every day and have five Coca-Colas. 
You see, this is why nobody thinks that things are on the up and up. This guy's going to McDonald's and Dairy Queen every day and yeah. drinking three gallons of Coca-Cola, <laughs> and he's 90 years old. Yeah. But that the standard American diet killed everybody else but usually <laughs> right. before their 70th birthday. Yeah. I've, well, I don't know. He's uh, he's found the secret, and the secret is being a multi-multi-billionaire. Yeah, exactly. But it, I think everybody's like, oh, I mean, there's... Yeah, so there's treatments that that he has access to <laughs> that I don't have access to. Well, and also that one man tried to eat uh Morgan Morgan Spurlock tried to eat uh, McDonald's every day when he was like thirty. Yeah, Damn, but that was, that was exaggerated, and that guy's a creep. I mean, there's that guy who eats uh, Big Macs for every meal, and he's skinny as a rail. Yeah, but <laughs> he barfs it up or something. He doesn't he barf says, it up. I think his body is just attuned to only accept Big Mac nutrients. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Special sauce really. Uh, <laughs> his body processes special sauce in such a way. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, it's like you and your shakes. His his liver breaks down the special sauce and makes it into, you know, I don't know, amino acids or something that his body needs. I just, my other thing with Warren Buffett is like, you know, he's famously like, oh, he's been living in the same house in Omaha since 1958. Like, you know, he doesn't have any extravagances and stuff. And my thing is, then why the hell are you doing this? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, as as ridiculous as it is when you see the way some of these billionaires spend their money, at least I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah that'd be cool. Yeah, if I had billions of dollars, it'd be pretty cool to have that giant boat. It's not like, oh, it'd be pretty cool to just live in my old house. And it's like, well, then why am I killing myself making all these billions of dollars? Yeah, why don't you stop? Why don't you? Yeah, why don't you stop and just TV? give it all away and be like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna give away everything except, uh, you know, a, a million dollars that I'm gonna keep uh, in case I live ten more years, uh, so I can live those ten years comfortably in this house that's already paid for, uh, and yeah, I'm just gonna give away all my money. Anyway, if Warren, if Warren Buffett's listening, give me all your money. I'll find a way to give it away. What would you do? Would you if you if you got Tom fifty mm -hmm. million dollars tomorrow? Fifty million. Fifty million. Mm -hmm. How much of that? And like the at post taxes, right? So yeah. in your bank account, mm -hmm. how much of that immediately would you give away? Uh, probably none immediately. Like I would really have to, I'd like hire a money manager and like. Yeah. It, within the first year mm -hmm. or two, how much yeah. would you give away? Uh, I don't know. I've never really you thought and I about are it. you sitting here talking I'm... a real big game about like, <laughs> if you have a lot of money, you should give most well, of it look, away. I didn't but, like, have. Even I... in this. Abs absurd scenario where we get uh, a, a huge lump sum of money. I don't know. I, I'm not willing to commit to giving any of it. <laughs> well, I guess that's basically the answer I'm giving. And my and my reasoning would be, well, I used to not have $50 million, so I'd like to keep $50 million now. Thank you. Just to see what it feels like. I'm not even going to spend it. Just what it feels like to walk around with $50 million in, <laughs> in my pocket. pocket. Yeah. Um. Which actually reminds me of, I think, one of the only interesting facts that I found about uh, stock market. Three Wall Street executives won the Powerball lottery in 2011. 
The Why were they playing? The $254 million jackpot was larger than the $82 million their small investment firm managed. Hmm. The, that's a real, uh, uh, I don't know. Is that a Dear John story? Is that a Shaggy Dog story tale? What What is that? That's something. What are you talking about? That's some kind of a O. Henry story or You're something. You're thinking of Dear John Letter, which is <laughs> when somebody leaves their spouse when they when they yeah when they, they leave a letter. Uh huh. So that's not what that is. Uh huh. I don't know. Maybe one of those guys left a Dear John. Letter. Yeah. Maybe he left it to his firm, and he just said, "Hey." Uh, we're not going to manage any of this money anymore because guess what? I got to manage my own money now. Yeah. That's the other thing. I don't understand people who have a lot of money and then are just like, yeah, well, it, working fulfills me. <laughs> no. Like, if you have enough money to live the rest of your life, stop doing work. Yeah. Go go hang out with Jimmy Buffett. Have a, a Mai Tai with a little umbrella on it at the beach. Yeah. That's what I'd be doing. With, with all 50 million of my dollars that I'm not giving anybody a damn penny of, including the government. This episode is sponsored by Saqqara. This year, turn your resolutions into reality. Whether you're looking to try plant-based eating, build an empowered body, boost skin's glow, or simply feel your very best, Sakara makes it easy to create the rituals that last. Sakara is a wellness company rooted in the transformative power of plant-based food. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful, plant-rich ingredients, and they are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. Their menu of creative, chef-created breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly so you'll never get bored, and it's delivered fresh anywhere in the United States. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials for optimal nutrition. Sakara's supplement packs, called The Foundation, and their Metabolism Super Powder deliver support for gut health, energy, immunity, and healthy skin. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash guide and enter code guide at checkout. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash guide to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash guide. What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a safe, private online environment. It's so convenient you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Uh, licensed professional counselors are spe- who specialize in topics such as depression, stress, anxiety, the, which we can all relate to, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. 
relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, anything you share is confidential. It's convenient, professional, and affordable. I want you to start living a happier life today. I think Tim does too, but I I don't want to speak for him. Tom, I'll speak for myself, and yes, I can confirm. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash guide. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash guide. Okay, enough. Mm -hmm. Enough frivolity. Yeah, let's get down to GameStop. Let's get down to games, baby. Can I just say real quickly about Wall Street, Tom? I like you... Am bored. I can't find any interesting facts about Wall mm-hmm. Street. Um, but then, whenever I read about Wall Street for more than three minutes, I just get so blind with rage. Yeah, uh, that it's uh, just impotent rage. Well, and so sadness. So what's going on right now with with uh, with GameStop is one of those things, which is why there has been kind of a backlash. And now, do you understand it? Because I can explain it to you, I think I now understand it. I mean, I understand it. I'm, I'm, I'm wary of spending too much time on this, especially since we're recording this on <laughs> Thursday, uh-huh. and since Tuesday, this story has gone through a, a trillion iterations. Yeah. So this story will look nothing like this when this time when this episode comes out, and also everybody's gonna be so sick of friggin' hearing well, about this. So the basics, though, in the beginning, for anybody that doesn't understand, who isn't a a stockbroker like me, man, that's the other thing. This is one of those episodes where, like, not only are we going to get, you know, corrections sent to us by people, we're going to get corrections sent to us by some of the worst people out there. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, already with the clickbaity title that this episode has, and none of these people are still listening, but this is good for... You know what? Thirty-one star Apple reviews about <laughs> yeah, how we, probably. Uh, <laughs> how we we talked about at the grilled cheese sandwich for ten minutes. Yeah, at the people top are and... people are gonna short this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the this uh, giant hedge fund was shorting a stock, which is which is crazy that it's allowed because basically it is somebody saying, "Hey, I think this stock's gonna go down." So the way I can make money off of that is I can borrow the stock, not buy it, borrow it from somebody, immediately sell it to somebody else at the price. So say it's $15. I'm going to borrow it, sell it to somebody for $15. Now I've got 30 days that I before I got to give that stock back. And I'm basically betting that within those 30 days, the stock's going to go down. And when it's $7, I'll be able to buy it for $7 hand it back to the person I borrowed it from and go, "Mm, here you go, sir, the stock I borrowed from you and keep the difference. Um, Right. And now the problem, I mean, I think that was like 70% correct, but good enough. It's it's betting that a a stock is going to go down. Right. But but it's betting, but then it's also borrowing Mm -hmm. that stock. And now the, the two other things going on here is, when hedge funds take a big position doing this, then it is in their interest to make that stock go down, uh, which they can do through various manipulations. 
Um, so they're betting against companies and companies like GameStop and Toys R Us and stuff. These kinds of companies that are like on the ropes and like, of course, they they're almost certainly going to fail. These people come in and basically speed up that happening. Right. By by forcing the stock to go lower and lower now and enriching themselves in the process. Yes. And now what? Uh, yeah. And like, you know, basically ripping off people. These are the job creators we're talking about. <laughs> Hastening <laughs> right. the demise of businesses. Well, and they're basically ripping off other people who are looking at the stock, you know, rationally and saying, okay, yeah, this based on the earnings per share, this, this company is worth about $15 a share. That seems like a fair price. Or maybe I think they're worth $20 a share. So I'm going to buy a 15 unbeknownst to me. Uh, there's going to be billions of dollars at play making it so that this company continues to be uh, devalued. And I don't know that by my $15 shares and I get screwed. Um, I get screwed because I bought a share for $15. Somebody borrowed it from me without me knowing, (laughs) forced it to go down so they could buy it cheaper and then handed it back to me. Um, So Again, Tom, I think that's... Probably less than 70% correct, but... Well, most facts are. Um, the, the... I just want these Wall Street guys to address the emails to you, not to me. <laughs> um, and basically what happened on Reddit was, you know, there there was basically a, uh, a, a subreddit where, where, you know, day traders hang out or whatever. And... For various reasons, including, you know, these are not necessarily, you know, unselfish reasons. Uh, People decided to start buying GameStop GameStop stock to drive the price up um, with the idea of screwing over these people who, you know, are about to have to buy a bunch of shares to give them back. And now if the shares are higher, you're going to have to buy them when they're higher and then you're going to lose lose money. money. Yeah. Um, But and also, you know, the idea of a lot of these people is, oh, also, we're going to drive up the stock so that when we sell it, we're going to make ourselves rich. Now, the problem there is GameStop is not worth four hundred dollars a share or whatever it's at. And people are going to be caught holding the bag (laughs) because. Uh, the people, basically the people now that are like, oh, I heard about this. Let me get in on this. They're the ones who are going to be buying GameStop for $400 and the next day it's going to drop down to $5 and they're going to lose out. Right. And then also if all these, uh, Reddit folks are looking to get rich and not, own stock and flip stock necessarily, right? Because back in the day, didn't you? Didn't like our grandparents like buy stock and then they held on to it and they were proud to have that stock? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't trading; it was investing. It was. I think this is a good company. I think it's going to continue to grow and make money. So I would like to own a piece of that company. Yeah, but if all these Reddit people are like uh, and receive who, dividends, and and then yeah. when I sell it in thirty years. It'll be worth a lot more than I bought it for. Right. Uh, all the people that bought it based on trying to get rich off the, the Reddit yeah. thing. 
Like, if they all, like, assuming 90% of those people that drove up the price, if they're like, okay, now time to get out, let's let's sell it all, mm-hmm. wouldn't that just drive the stock back down and uh, making the short position of this hedge fund um, the correct position and profitable for that hedge fund? No, because the hedge funds, uh, I think they have like a 30-day short order oh, okay. or something. Right. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. But I mean, you could this short. I don't want to talk about this. Anything I say makes me sense. You you could short the stock now and probably make out like a bandit. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but but who knows? Who knows? Because the other part of this, which we won't, I don't think we have time to get into, is that like all these retail stock sites like Robinhood and E Trade and stuff, they all stop people from being able to buy the stock. Um, yeah, which is kind of messed Thus, up. Yeah, thus uh, uh, constraining the amount uh, that the the stock could actually rise. If more and right. more people are interested, they can come in, right? If there are less avenues yeah. to buy that stock, the less opportunity it is for that stock price to become more valuable. Right, and it's not, you know, the market, you know, the freezing the stock and saying like, oh, all right, well, there's external conditions here. This is, you know these companies saying well no that's that's not what this is meant to our company isn't meant to screw over these brokerage firms it's meant to enrich them uh so we we can't be a part of this so you ever uh see that uh that a company is publicly traded and you're Mm -hmm. just like there was a used video game store that like did an ipo at some point and everybody was like cool with that uh, I mean that it's makes like sense. I mean, GameStop mm-hmm. just always seems so depressing. Yeah, um, I'm I, I'm honestly surprised that it still exists and that the stock wasn't already trading for pennies. Right, especially in the midst of a global pandemic. Right, you know what, Tom? It's time. Mm-hmm. Look, this is not an opportune time for me to to say this. But isn't global pandemic redundant? Isn't pandemic <laughs> a gl- the whole world? Yeah. yeah we've right. all been saying global pandemic for the last friggin' year. Yeah. And it's been wrong. And I'm gonna this is the first time I'm calling it out. It's not it's not. Well, you're a brave you, man, Tim. Uh, um consider me thoroughly humiliated. Good. I, and I'll stop doing this stuff if you just eat the sandwich. <laughs> just give, you don't have to rave about it. You don't have to endorse it. I just want your honest feedback. All right, I'll eat it. I'll sure I'll eat, eat it a on grilled a cheese sandwich. So you can take a nap. Um, I mean, it's more it's more than a grilled cheese sandwich, to be clear. Not much more, but yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot more. It's it's very specific in in a lot of different ways. Um, well, I was gonna say uh, to to speak about GameStop. The reason why I would be very bearish about GameStop. Do I sound like uh, Jim Cramer from Mad yeah, Money, I, Tom? You say that sarcastically, but there was a time in the early aughts that you got really into Jim Cramer. Yeah. It was like when I like, first heard about him where I was like, this guy's yeah. great. You were like, he's the only one of those guys that makes his portfolio public. Yeah. So you can see mm-hmm. that he put his money where his mouth is. And I was like, I don't know. And then you uh, also bought Tim Ferriss books in bulk. <laughs> I didn't buy them in bulk. Anyway... The reason why GameStop is is going to continue to do badly is that out of, you know, the new Xboxes and the new PlayStations, 
There are two, two models of the new Xbox, two models of the new PlayStation. One of each of those models, the less expensive models, don't have disc, don't have a disk drive, don't have a way to put Blu-ray discs inside there. The reason being they want you to buy the games online. Uh, and not only is that easy for most consumers, uh, at least like when you're buying a new brand new game, the day it comes out, wherever you buy it, it's going to be $60. You can buy it on your console and it's going to download. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to wait for, uh, you know, a delivery man or anything, but also like Sony and Microsoft, they're then taking that entire $60. If it's a game they publish that they made, they're not splitting it with GameStop. They're not uh, having to pay for a disc to be burnt or, or printed and like boxes printed and shipped. Vertical integration or yeah. horizontal integration, so, some sort of integration. Some kind of integration. So it is in Microsoft and Sony's best interest to phase out disk drives as quickly as possible. And they kind of don't even have to try that hard because there are a lot of people that are like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I don't want, oh, you'll, I can buy this system for a hundred or two hundred dollars less without a disk drive. That's great because I never use the disk drive because I don't leave my home. I just buy it all digitally. But what about used games, Tom? Well, but that's, so that's the thing. Uh, used games, and that's really GameStop's bread and butter. So if Microsoft and Sony stop making games with, stop making systems with disk drives altogether, then they, they're they out of business. They can't. And now... But that's bad for the consumer. I want to buy all oh, my absolutely. games used. Uh, it is. Although if you're buying your games used from GameStop, you're a... Uh, a real knucklehead because Tom, I went and bought a switch from Best Buy a mm-hmm. couple of years ago now, I guess. Yeah. And on the walk home from Best Buy, a different Best Buy, not the one that we met outside. <laughs> that not one time, the famous Best Buy. I passed a GameStop and I was mm-hmm. like, Well, let me see what they have in here. And <laughs> like, I think well, 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 the- me, a video game man, should go into this place. Yeah, and I think the the Zelda, the the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Mm-hmm. used copy that they had was more than the new copy over at the Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they're kind of famous for, that, you know, if if you had a copy of that uh, Breath of the Wild and you went in there and you were like, hi, I want to sell this to you, they'd be like, uh, this is worth uh, $3 in store credit. We'll give you $3 in store credit. And then they will promptly put it back up on the display for $5 less than it costs new. Um, which is like a pretty good business to, to have, but it's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've ever bought anything from a GameStop. Uh, the, the other thing about the only time I ever stepped foot in a GameStop, mm-hmm. I think, which was that time, I felt so uncomfortable. I felt like the the people there were mad at me, like they could yeah. tell I didn't belong there or they just didn't want anybody in the store. Well, I was going to say the other big problem with GameStop is, so like if somebody goes in there and buys a new game, 
they basically make like nothing off of that because for the reasons I explained earlier, it's like there there's no margins. Why would there they're getting squeezed? Yeah. Why why would the why would Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo give them any kind of margins? Uh they don't really have to. So you go in there, you buy Zelda, they're maybe making three dollars off that. So as a result, they are heavily incentivized to try and sell you on like a, a rewards club membership to sign up for, which is going to be, you know, a reoccurring subscription, uh, sign you up for or get you to sell them games or get you to pre-order a game. And oh, is getting... that a place where they always try to get your phone number or your yes, address? Yeah. And just buy a thing for like $35? Yeah. Like, no. No, you buy it for you $5. Phone you buy yeah. I I think I have maybe bought... I'm trying to remember, like, I remember, I, I feel like maybe, and this might be like a while ago, but I bought something that was very cheap, like another controller or something. I was desperate and they tried to get me to pre-order like 10 different games. I'm like, no, I don't want to pre-order any games. Like, I just want to. And also it's like, you don't have to pre-order games anymore. They make enough games now that you Tell can me, get is, a game when it comes out, is but they just thing- they want you to pre-order just to get you to come in again so they can try and sell you something else. Yeah. Is that a thing that like we are the last generation that will remember what it was like to go buy something and not give your phone number? Because <laughs> like, um, and so like we bristle at it a little bit. Yeah. But because like whenever I'm buying something and cashier is like under 25 and they're like okay that'll be like you know whatever 20 bucks and i'll give them a card and they'll be like okay and your phone number and i'll always just go like oh no yeah and they're always like uh yeah but what's (laughs) what's your phone number yeah it's like oh no i'm not gonna give you my phone number and they're just like no i gave you money for this i don't need to give you personal information transactions over yeah um but i think it's uh, it's become so ubiquitous that everybody's just like, oh yeah, that's part of it. You just give your phone, number. you give them your personal information when you buy the the, the pair of socks at the yeah. Gap. Well, I'm not nasty to uh, cashiers like you are, so I usually, oh, yeah, really, I just say, oh no, thank you, which actually yeah, seems to throw people off more because it's like, well, no, I'm not offering to give you something. I need something from you. <laughs> I used to ask first, I used to, because I honestly wasn't sure. I'd be mm-hmm. like, can I not? <laughs> right. And they're like, eh, are, yeah, are, I guess. Yeah, are you going to reverse this transaction and take back the <laughs> item I bought? Uh, but often I'll also just, I'll just give a fake phone number. If, if I can tell it's somebody that, you know, actually, no, for the most part nowadays, I say, oh, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. Anyway, games. Well, you steal most of the things that you own, right? Uh, games, <laughs> but just candy bars. Um, I do remember though waiting in line at GameStop because I pre-ordered a Wii. Remember we had Wii, we had a Wii when at when we were roommates. Yeah, like when we first became roommates, and mm-hmm. that I remember, uh, uh, like having a wait in line for the store to open, and everybody was walking by laughing at us. 
And uh, I was like, why is everybody laughing? This isn't, I don't know, I'm waiting in a line for 10 minutes for something. It's fine. And then the guy in front of me kept talking about how cool it was going to be to play Zelda and talking about the sword. And then he was pretending he had the sword and talking to another character in Zelda. And I was like, all right, I can see why people are making fun of everybody in this line now. Tom, I remember you pre-ordered the Wii and we were roommates and we had, mm-hmm. there were there were four of us living in an apartment. Yeah. And we were all like, yeah, sure. Great. It was like our own version of the real world. It was. Um and then uh I was uh, I guess I was the I wasn't the puck. Maybe I was the Pedro, the oh, beloved. Get the hell really. out of here. Everybody, I was, I was everybody, the Pedro. What? Everybody loved me. I was a kind soul. You were Muhammad. You were barely ever on camera. Yeah, you that's were, true. Uh, you were out of there. Yeah. Every once in a while, yeah, like, every third smart. episode, Muhammad would come in and be like, hey, I'm a beat poet. And you're like, oh, I forgot about this guy. That yeah, guy just doesn't like, hang I'm out just the picking real up my mail. <laughs> See you later, guys. Yeah, he was smart. Um, yeah. But uh, I remember everybody, like all of our roommates, we all laughed at you. Mm-hmm. And then you, you guys got were it. always you were really excited, bullying me. But then you didn't, you you fool, you goddamn fool, you didn't buy enough controllers, yeah. and we had to run all around New York City. Do you remember we went to the Nintendo store at um, Rockefeller Center? Yeah, and they didn't have anything. And then we wound up at the Toys R Us in Times Square, and we had to pretend like we didn't realize we were cutting that whole big line. <laughs> yeah, we cut people. a huge line. Yeah, but in like fairness, people, us, we were just trying to buy some controllers. We weren't, you know, buying a system or whatever. Yeah. They have plenty, plenty of, controllers. of controllers, right? Yeah, yeah. okay. That's what I tell Can we myself. Tell ourselves? Um yeah, but to go back to what you were saying about GameStop, I was going to say too, anytime I've been in a GameStop, everybody there seems 100% um miserable. And actually I'm yeah. remembering like the last time I went in a GameStop, I I think I had time to kill. So I went in mm-hmm. and just walked around. And while I was in there, somebody, uh, somebody, no, while I was in there, somebody shoplifted and just like, just like grabbed a bunch of stuff and ran out. And then the other time I was in there, there were a bunch of cops in there. And I was like, what happened? They're like, ah, oh, place just got robbed. It got stuck up. And like, this is right in, uh, Union Square, Manhattan, like, you know, well trafficked area, like not a good place to like do a, a stick up with, uh, also there's like five banks connected to that GameStop. I don't know why they were sticking what? up the GameStop of all places, but, uh, but it's like, yeah, this seems like hell. These people, like I said, all the employees seemed a hundred percent miserable and I was surprised they were even that happy because it's like, oh, you're in this store that seemingly gets robbed multiple times a day. And meanwhile, you just have to try and push like warranties and and game club memberships on people and, yeah. and try and get them to sell games back to you that are not uh you know, for a, a tenth of what they're worth. I think also a lot of times they would pretend to be out of new games so they would be like oh we're all out of that game but we do have it new used for 55 dollars mm. 
And it's like, are you really out of this game? I don't think you're out of this game. I think it's just you're trying to sell the high margin item. Well, Tom, uh, mm-hmm. I don't. To be clear, unlike you, I don't blame the people who work there for uh, being uh, not excited. I'm it's, sure it's not a that's great place what you to said work. earlier. You said that you know they didn't want you there, and I was like, yeah, well, no, I feel like they yeah, didn't want me. Yeah, but when there. I went in there, I'm not a narcissist, so I'm not thinking that everybody you know is thinking about me and looking. Yeah, at you just me. thought they were bad people. I just thought they were miserable people. They looked miserable. But again, I think that's because they were understandably miserable. Do you, you remember want to solve a problem? Yeah, I was gonna say, do you remember Funko Land? But let's solve a problem. No, you want to talk about Funko Land? I don't know if I have that much to say about Funko Land. It was another place where you could buy used video games. Yeah, it's also a ripoff. Let's solve a problem. Tim and Tom solve your problems. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. We're gonna solve a problem. If you have a problem you'd like us to solve, you can email us at the complete guide to everything at gmail.com. You can also Tom? email us there for stock tips. Yeah. I don't think we made this clear <laughs> at the beginning of the episode. This is this constitutes stock market advice investment <laughs> advice. Yeah, this episode does constitute investment advice. Yeah, we encourage you to take. Did we even say anything other than like, I don't <laughs> understand why, are... but I th- but I think the stock market's bad. No, well, I did say that I thought uh, if you short GameStop now, that's probably a good idea. But I don't take that advice. I'm sure there is some something in in there that's going to prevent you from making money doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're a regular person. I um, was going to say, actually, my real stock market advice is just invest in index funds. Unless you're like rich enough to have a money manager, uh, like day trading and doing all that stuff. Or if like there's a company you really like and you want to invest in them and you think they're going to do well. Uh, like you were telling me, you recently made a, made a, a nice chunk of change off Roku. Yeah, I bought one share of Roku like two years ago because it's like I always buy when like whenever I need a new streaming device, yeah. I always just go out and buy a Roku. Mm-hmm. You spend thirty bucks, Tom. Thing was worth four hundred and thirty dollars yesterday. Yeah, so I think that that's good advice. Like if you if you like a company and you know a lot about the company and you're like, well, I mean, in this case, if you're if you're spending you know thirty bucks, whatever. But uh, but yeah, if you're looking to like really invest in the stock market, like put a significant amount of money in there, do an index fund, do do, you know, one of those types like, things. You know what? You know what? Because otherwise like these other people, they're going to screw you. They they their entire job is to rip you off. That's that's the thing that is insulting, though, because like all the anybody who like 
works on Wall Street or mm-hmm. does any. They're always like, all right, all right, regular people. Yeah. <laughs> you don't understand this. So, <laughs> yeah, just stay out of this. But by the way, you should be putting 10% of your income <laughs> into this. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you don't understand how this works. Uh, leave that to the professionals. But well, like, people don't put, understand because but they rely ex- on it for your retirement. Yeah. They don't understand because people, you know, they, these people have set up a complex system that they can continuously game. Yeah. Tom, this episode, oh, nope, this problem comes from mm. uh, a lady named Bobby, B O B B I E. Well, now I've heard everything. The subject is use Bobby as my fake name because girls named Bobby are cool, LOL. Yeah, like Bobby Pins. Yeah. Like uh, Bobby Darren. That that I bet that's like a a. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say uh, a uh, ventriloquist, but I meant uh, burlesque, like a burlesque name, Bobby Pins. You know what I don't miss about uh, <laughs> COVID times. The fact that like it's like oh yeah I'm gonna go like somebody's like you want to go to a comedy show and you're like uh, cool and then there's a comedian and then they're like and now that was just the opening to a burlesque show that's happened to me like numerous <laughs> times I've got swindled into going into a to a well, burlesque you're show. friends with a lot of perverts yeah hey Tim and Tom mm-hmm. I've been re-listening to past episodes and realized that your guys humor has rubbed off on me so I guess I have the same humor as late thirty year old guys. Now, LMAO, JK, love y'all. I've been listening for- It doesn't sound like she does. <laughs> three years, so I guess you guys are pretty funny, so I must be pretty funny, too. That's mm, not how math works. Anyways, for my question, for your advice segment, it doesn't seem like Bobby really knows too much <laughs> about the show here. Perhaps I should have vetted this problem a little bit better. I think I want to get into a relationship now. But I don't want to go online dating like my peers. I'm in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't want to date any of my coworkers because it'll be weird if we ever break up. Right. I'm also an introvert, so I don't like going out even pre-corona times. Mm-hmm. I don't even like to go out and hang out with my friends. Obviously, it'll be hard for me, so what should I do instead? Additional info you might need in solving this, I'm a heterosexual girl Went to an all-girls school since preschool up to high school. Never had a boyfriend or been in a fling. I'm pretty talkative, though, so if you walk up to me after corona times and don't give off a bad-slash-dangerous vibe, I could probably chat-slash-carry a conversation with you well. Hope you didn't accidentally say my name or email address. (laughs) LOL. Stay safe. Bobby. Uh, I think she'd be thanking us if we said her email address. Maybe she would get some potential suitors. Yeah. That would have oh, been... It's, you, you, if you saw what her email address is, Tom, <laughs> it's, it's the, I can't make heads or tails of it. I can't even say oh, this. Okay. It's the uh, longest email address I've ever seen. Well, uh, I mean, you missed your chance at getting some free creeps in your inbox. Now, let's assume this is advice for post-COVID. Yeah, I was going to say, during COVID, you don't have options, or you have limited options. Especially if uh, online is not your... Yeah. I don't know know how to to find somebody to go on a date with. (laughs) Let me preface this by saying, I don't know the answer to the question. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough that you're you're excluding the the top three. Well, coworkers is a bad idea. Yeah, but but it but it's a popular idea. Like it happens, you know. But does it? I don't know of any time that it's happened that it is stuck for a long term good situation oh, I mean, for anybody that I know. Yeah, I know some people that that's happened for, but I'm saying no, like, don't. yeah, I do, Tim. Who? I'm not gonna say their names because what if they're in the midst of getting a divorce? Hmm. So it doesn't work out. Is what you're saying. <laughs> um. Well, and I'm not even saying work out. I'm just saying that like that is a popular way to find somebody to date, whether it's a good idea or not. It is. Well, a, we shouldn't be advising bad I'm, ideas. Look, I'm just saying it's a very common way. I don't think it's very common. I don't know of many people that have that have dated coworkers. Well, you don't know very many people then. I know so many people, Tom. You're the antisocial one. I know a lot of people. I'm gregarious. I'm fun. People like me. Yeah, I know. Well, that's just because you think, uh, you know, uh, wearing a mask is infringing on your freedom and you should still be able to go to bars and be social. And Tim, yeah, I well, just, I'm sorry. I disagree. Watching Joe Rogan and d- 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 mainlining <laughs> supplements all day. <laughs> um, but I mean, between like meeting people at work, meeting people at a bar and meeting people through friends. Uh, and did I say online? Yeah, I said online, right? Um, yeah. No, well, you didn't, but I don't know how else you, how else you would meet unless you're just counting on meet cutes. Yeah, go out there and uh, I don't know, carry around pies, and then what? maybe some, maybe you'll accidentally walk into somebody with a pie, and you'll have to go. Oh, like, they'll, they'll be furious, Tim. If somebody walk, oh, if somebody walked into me with a pie, first off, I'd be like, "Were you trying to throw that pie in my face? What is this? Some kind of a clown routine?" Well, maybe they like a clown routine. But if it was, even if it was just an accident, I would still be real mad. I was going to say, carry a bunch of books. And walk uh, into somebody, true. or yeah. or just papers, you know, files, and go, oh, my yeah, files. But put, oh, this is what you have to do. You have to put your hair up and wear glasses, too. Right. Um, and then uh, when the meet cute happens, you uh-huh. know, you after you've bumped into them. Yeah. Yeah. And you've talked for a few minutes, and it seems like maybe they're losing interest, or they're like, oh, sorry, I'm married. Yeah. Um, it's a meet cute with a twist of a she's all that um, yeah. to spice things up. Right. Uh, you can't. What what man could resist a meet cute? Yeah, with a with a she's all that twist at the end. You should own a pie shop though, because that's quirky. <sighs> yeah, yeah. You should do some. You should have some quirky traits. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a weird dog. Mm. <laughs> Too quirky. Not too quirky. It's just a weird dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if anybody, <laughs> any guy who's like, if I really want to, you know, what I'm really looking for is to settle down with a girl with a weird dog. She's not even saying, well, I guess she is saying set, not necessarily settle down, but like get in a she relationship. Says, I want to get into a relationship. Yeah. She's not looking for a one night stand. Right. Um, which again, I don't think is really possible safely in these times um or anytime um i yeah yeah i think it's it well but how do you do a meet cute during a pandemic 
That's what I'm saying. Like, if if you're not gonna, if you're gonna shut yourself off to online dating, uh-huh. there's no place to meet people right now because right. you're not supposed to be having a conversation. What if with a... she always has a pie resting to cool on her windowsill? No, then she's gonna get a bunch of uh... hobos. Yeah, hobos well, coming well, to steal her hobos. pies. I don't think hobos so much as just like gluttonous folk. Oh. You know, because like. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, like, mm, a pie. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm entitled to this pie. It's yeah, like, I'm entitled. On, it, it brought me over here floating by my nostrils. Yeah. So now I deserve to eat it. Guess what? He's going to be more interested in the pie than he is in Bobby. And then that's going to be a whole problem. Well, I was going to say, I'm thinking Bobby lives in an apartment, not on the first floor. And you could always have the pie resting. But then you see a cute guy, you you tip it, and it knocks over on his head. Tom, but you said that would make you furious. Mm, not You're if contradicting it... <laughs> yourself. Look, I'm trying to satisfy you. You seem hell bent. I don't know if it's a fetish or what, but on you know somebody getting a pie uh, smushed into them. That's so I'm just trying funny. to uh, accommodate you. I said it you. once, like six minutes ago. If you have a problem you'd like us to solve, you can email us at the complete guide to everything at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, check out patreon.com slash complete guide for books the podcast. This week we're wrapping up, right? Uh Grinding uh, It Out by Ray Kroc. The co-founder of McDonald's, his autobiography. Uh patreon.com slash complete guide. You didn't get... listen to any of the 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 lessons I've been teaching you, huh? The co-founder of McDonald's? What does that mean? What? Well, he wasn't the McDonald's brothers. Yeah. So he's either the founder or he's not the founder. All right. He's the founder. He's um, not the founder, though. <laughs> Patreon.com slash complete guide to get that and all the back episodes of Books the Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash complete guide. You can follow us on Twitter at complete guide. You can follow us on Instagram at TCGTE. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. And you can follow me at your pal Tim and be sure to report all those ads as spam or sexually <laughs> explicit. Same thing with Tim's post. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if getting kicked off Instagram is what gets me off of Instagram, I'm fine with it. Um Tim, I I did not buy a share in GameStop, but I did buy a share in AMC, which was the new GameStop. And then I got screwed. I did the same. Yeah. And then afterwards, though, I even thought like, uh, I don't want AMC to fail. Like, I don't care if GameStop fails. Like GameStop's destined to fail. I don't want those people to lose their jobs, but like GameStop's destined to fail. Uh, But AMC hopefully is not destined to fail. Hopefully we still have movie theaters uh, after all this is over. I love AMC and I want to see them succeed. I do wonder a little bit now that I've watched uh, Wonder Woman 1984, like, you know, this whole HBO Max, uh, like, ah, we're going to put the movies out the same day uh, as as Warner Brother theatrical releases. If Warner Brothers didn't watch all their movies coming out this year and go, <laughs> maybe we should just put these all on our streaming service, because if uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is anything to go by. These movies were not going to save the the movie industry. Well, here's the thing. There's been one and a half 
DC movies in that universe that people actually liked or that were actually good? Uh, it depends on who you ask. Some people really like Birds of Prey. Right. You didn't because you don't like female-fronted movies. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was, pro- it was probably one of my favorite EC movies. DCEU movies, that is. Tom, they got Space Jam coming out. They they don't. Yeah, they don't you wanna... think that new Space Jam is going to be good? Why not? I don't know. I think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be like a simultaneous, like nostalgia play for the original Space Jam, coupled with like, oh look, it's Bugs Bunny dancing the floss. Remember that. But yeah, but not like, remember that when we animated this movie three years ago, that was the big thing, and now it's too late to change it. Yeah, but like that's what all movies are now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe it, maybe AMC should die too. <laughs> Why? If this is what movies are going to be, if I have to watch Bugs Bunny up on the big screen flossing. That's hilarious. It is pretty funny. I would like to see that. talking bunny, and then he does the dance that the backpack kid made? I'd like to see that on the biggest screen possible. Let's short IMAX next. We'll see you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.